Welcome to Making Waves. Today we're going to be talking about authentic worship. And actually, the title of this episode is, Is It All a Show? And I'm excited for my guest today, Rhea Marshall. She is one of the very best worship leaders out there. And so let's make some waves. Welcome to Making Waves. I am excited to have Rhea Marshall with me today. Rhea, welcome. I have been looking forward to this for a long time now. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I want to talk today about authentic worship, and I'm going to start with how I met you. Like, And I knew who you were, but yeah. like my first real Rhea experience, which is actually Holy Spirit experience, but yes. um I was at a women's conference that I was speaking at. You were doing the worship there. And this was like a pivotal moment recently in my life Hmm. where I didn't even realize, as far as my own personal worship and even worship in some of the settings where I'm speaking in, where I I didn't realize that there was like a dryness there, like a a barrenness or even a lack of authenticity. I I don't even know Hmm. how to explain it, but... I was at this conference and and I've I've shared this experience with you but I I actually went in with very low expectations for yeah. myself personally I was there to do a job if you will which mm-hmm. is a terrible attitude um but the first night I'm sitting in this in this this conference and you and the group that were on the platform started leading in worship and I felt like for the first time in a long time Mm -hmm. that I was led into a place where I was almost transported. And it was like the Lord was showing me something, Mm -hmm. not just in my personal life, but even the condition Mm -hmm. of so many churches today, where worship has become entertainment or performance, Mm -hmm. even a business. And our people, His people, are missing such joy and such freedom that comes yeah. with the worship. And so um, I really kind of had a Mary of Bethany kind mm-hmm. of moment of just understanding that part of that worship was just pouring everything out yeah. that I had so that he could pour everything back in. So I want to have you just kind of talk about a little bit just what you do now, kind of what's led you to what you do before we even dig into this really big topic? Well, currently I am leading worship at a church in Sevierville, Tennessee, and I just love the presence of God. Mm. I love His presence. And speaking of Mary of Bethany, that has been a... I've just been drawn to her even since I was a, a young girl and CeCe Winans did a song years ago and it's kind of resurfaced called Alabaster Box. And I remember singing that song and it just marking my life because I knew there was a cost to the oil. Mm-hmm. Of course, singing it at 20 and singing it at 40 is quite different mm-hmm. because now you understand the cost of the oil, that there is a cost to his presence. And sometimes that looks like laying down things I want or laying down my own pursuit or my own aspirations, my own ambition, because I want what he wants more. Mm. And that alone, though, but on the other side, the beauty of that is you get him. Yes. And when you get him, you get 
His presence, His goodness, His mercy, His grace, everything that comes with the presence of God. There is no deficit. And what I found is I was never losing. Mm. I was always gaining Mm. when I would choose Him above what my own natural drive would be. Mm. That is so good. And so how are we missing it today? Like, where's the disconnect in people really understanding that? And yes, I know as we get older and more experienced, and we do understand that cost um, as we get older, but some people don't. I mean, some people still even, you know, they've been walking with the Lord for decades and decades, and it's still... um, and, you know, looking for what happened yesterday, still living from the manna from before or the experience from 20 years ago. How do you live in that place of worship, regardless of age or experience? Well, it's exactly what you've you've just said. For me, it is hunger. Mm. It is to stay hungry. And I literally, that is a prayer I pray daily. God, keep me desperate and hungry for you till I breathe my last breath. Mm. I never want to get satisfied where where I am with the Lord, you know, that there's always more. There's always more. And so to be in pursuit of that, I believe hunger stirs hunger. Yeah. Hunger begets hunger. So I want to surround myself with hungry people. I'm listening even for a sound in worship many times. Where is the hunger? Mm. I'm so drawn to it because I've been marked by it. It's something that I pursue constantly. And I, I just believe it as worship leaders, which I tell young worship leaders all the time, stay hungry. Stay hungry for His presence because you will never lead people to a place you're unwilling to go. Mm. So if you don't stay in that place of hunger, that that hunger won't be fueled in the hearts of your people. I love when you said you're marked by it. Oh, yeah. Would you say it's the desperation, the hunger that is what marks you? I would say that that's what leads you to the glory that marks yes. you. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who was talking about going to the Brownsville Revival mm. when he was younger in our college days. It was a, a college friend of mine from my Lee days. And, and I said, when you've been marked by the glory, you will search for it all of your life. Mm-hmm. And I was marked as a young student at Lee University in campus choir under Dr. Horton. And my life has never been the same again i know when god shows up and i'm hungry and in pursuit of it and i'm always looking for it like i feel like a little kid constantly standing with just wide-eyed wonder i'm looking for him and when he comes everything must go because i'm after that you know that's just i set myself that direction and i won't go anywhere else but where he is so after my experience mm-hmm. at that conference sure. where i felt it was a turning point and the lord it was before the end of the year mm-hmm. and the lord was showing me for 2023 the path that he had me on in ministry and where i needed to help lead the people and kind of if you have a theme so far it's passionately pursuing his presence yeah. is where i felt that he was leading me so i got together with you Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting with you having coffee or tea or something and my pretty much my opening line to you is I'm on a quest yeah I want to understand I want to understand where this is coming from Mm -hmm. and how this has been cultivated and so I'm glad that you brought up Dr. Horton and Campus Choir because you started explaining to me how you were coached and taught and and learned even the discipline of, if you sure. will, of all that's involved. Can you, you know, kind of give us an overview of that? Because anyone that was in that era mm-hmm. with you has the same story. Sure. And so 
I'm like on a, it's like, I wish he had written a book. I wish there had been a book (laughs) written about this because whatever that was, whatever was happening in that group Mm -hmm. is, is what I think is missing in so many places. So can you just kind of touch on that experience? Absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, he modeled it in front of us. Mm. He was a worshiper and it was never about programs or about performing. It was about the presence of God. And he realized that it had to flow from the wellspring Mm. that Jesus talks about within. And so he was also, Dr. Horton was also about us growing as believers. We're not performers. We're not here to, you know, make anybody famous except Jesus. Yes. And so he would constantly push us to, uh, you know, seeking the Lord and quiet time with God and, and teaching us to listen for God's voice and obey what God was saying. You know, uh, that was a, a big uh, thing that he would, would teach us. There were also times of consecrated fasting where we would just set aside three days to just fast and pray, believing God for impossible things. Mm. You know, and we're just young college kids, um, just really radical for the presence of God. And what was so amazing is God so faithful to his word because then we would see the the very things that we were asking mm. for. We would see people get up out of wheelchairs. We would see blind eyes open. And we were seeing this at 18, 19, 20 wow. years old. And there's no way anybody could ever talk me out of what I saw mm-hmm. God do, which is why encounter is so important. Yeah. Because when you encounter and someone has an encounter, you can never talk them out of encounter. You know, someone may have a theory and mm-hmm. you can change their mind on a theory. But when someone has an experience, you can't, you can't change them. You can't move them off of it. And so that's what began to happen was this encounter with the Lord, but not just corporately. It was happening personally. Mm-hmm. You know, we were being challenged to pray and seek God. And he would call us together for, you know, prayer meeting times. And this is a one hour class, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a college music major student trying to get out in four years, you know, and and I never will forget the day he brought to the choir and said, we're going to have a, a prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. And we're all going, what? This is a one hour class, you know? And he said, well, the thing about it is every time we go out to minister, more of the altars are filling up with you guys than the people. Mm. And so we've got to deal with our, what, what's going on at home first, you know, take care of the needs here so that we're filled up wow. to go give out. And so then I learned the importance of being filled up before ministering mm. and not giving out of, out of bankruptcy or even just out of my gift, you know, your gift will only take you so far, you know, but when you're living from the overflow, you can take the gift coupled with the Holy Spirit and unbelievable things happen. And that's what I begin to witness, which then marked my life to then say, this is the way I want to live out ministry. Mm. I don't want it to be a job. I want it to be a relationship with a real savior that then translates and transforms the lives of other people. Wow. And that's an investment on your part. And so being that age, would you say there were many of your uh, fellow students that were in campus choir that dropped out because of this commitment? Or would you say that the majority caught hold of it and and stayed i would i don't know if there were any that yeah. dropped out i just remember there were a hundred voices and every time it would be time for audition there would probably be 30 to 40 deep of a waiting list to get in wow no one would no one wanted out until you had to get out wow. and even some people would try to stay over and do their master's work and things like that just because it was such a healthy community so life-giving and the spiritual growth was just exponential 
wow. like nothing I've, I've seen, honestly. So it looks like even though it may have seen like, how do we have time to do this? Because we're students, you know, probably some people had part-time jobs, sure. you know, and all these things. But look when, even again, back to Mary of Bethany, when we pour everything we have yes. out at His feet, how He then fills everything back up and provides everything that we need. Absolutely. Um, that is incredible. Yeah. So, I was, in preparing for this, I was looking at Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9, and it says this. It says, These people honor me with their lips, Mm. but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Mm. So, I'm sure you've been in settings where you've not been the worship leader, and you've not been doing the worship, and you've went into, into... uh, church gatherings and settings where you have seen or experienced where it is not from that place, yeah. where it's from more of an, you know, this is the way we've always done it, this is the way we're always going to do it, or it's a look at me, look at me. Have you ever yeah. experienced oh, that yes, in most places? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, this scripture, so do you feel like at all in the churches, have we been teaching people to worship the gathering? rather than worshiping God. Yeah, I I really don't know what is kind of the heart of it behind it, you know what I mean or what maybe the the idea would be behind it, but when I go in sometimes I I feel like maybe it's been overprogrammed. Yeah. Overplanned even so much to where we almost plan the presence of God out. Mm. That's kind of the general feeling I have. Like, have we made any space? Because you do have to make space yes. and room for the Lord, you know. Yes. And I get, you know, order and structure and liturgy and worship. I understand all of that, but we can't do that without Him, right? You know. And I'm always reminded of it's not ever going to be by our by our might or power, but it's always going to be by His Spirit. And so I, I always lean towards that. Like, Lord, we can't do this without you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if sometimes it can become even that to where we kind of become spiritual professionals almost. Yes. You know? And so you've got, we do church re- really well. Yes. You know? But yet, is God in the room? Right. Have we enthroned Him on our worship? Mm-hmm. Because that's what draws that's what draws men to him yes. is when he's lifted up. That's you know? right. So that that's always kind of the the feeling that I get in in some moments, not all settings, but I mean sometimes, and I'll I'll just be like, Lord, where are you in this moment? Mm. You know, mm. um, has there been room or space made for has you? There, I love yeah. that mm-hmm. making space. Yeah, John four. 23 and 24 it says yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks god is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth and uh, the message says it's who you are and the way you live that count before god yeah. your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth that's the kind of people the father is out looking for those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship Him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves, and adoration. What would you say that the purpose of worship is for? I believe worship is unto the Lord, that mm-hmm. it's all about Him. The beauty of it is that word worship means worth shaping. Mm. And so every time we come into His presence and we're lifting Him up, we're encountering Him, 
we're being shaped and changed more mm. and more into his image. And I just, for me, that's enough right there yes. because it's so easy to get gunked up by our own raising, our own childhood, just life, you know? And we become, we begin to look more like the image of our family or the world or even sometimes religious systems, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. instead of being an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. And that's really what worship is. That every time I'm in his presence, my worth is being shaped by him. You know, and so I love it's all about him. But at the same time, it's both. He's shaping me as I'm standing in his presence and worshiping him. And there's nothing more beautiful. Mm -mm. And I mean, you are a beautiful woman, but regardless of what you look like on the outside, there's something that's so attractive about a true, I tell a a story, Jonathan has stolen it from me, my husband, (laughs) when we do, uh, sometimes we go and do choir workshops uh, for churches. And actually the church that I met Jonathan in, I was... Um, I just I hadn't been to the church before. I heard there was a concert, and mm-hmm. so I went. It was Alvin Slaughter, oh, I <laughs> and I was in there. And the choir was backing him up uh-huh. from this church. And I just you know I just went there, and of course I loved Alvin Slaughter and the whole thing. But what drew me mm-hmm. is on the back row of the choir, mm-hmm. there was this guy, mm-hmm. and he his worship was so beautiful and I couldn't look at anybody else. I wanted just to look at him Mm -hmm. and I kept hoping that he was going to come and sing a solo because I knew that it would be incredible. And in fact, because of the experience, Mm -hmm. that true authentic worship experience that I had led me back to that church and I ended up being a member there for years and years. That's where I ended up meeting Jonathan. Come to find out, Mm The dude that's singing on the back row is tone deaf (laughs) and cannot sing a lick, but he's a worshiper. And it was his worship that drew me in. It's so attractive. It's so beautiful. And so I love that, that it shapes you. I love that. So how do you prepare when you're getting ready to lead worship, which you do frequently, Mm. or even for, you know, events here and there, how do you prepare to lead worship. Yeah. For me, um, I don't ever want to lead people again, a place I've not been. Mm. And so I usually just always have my own time of worship, just with the Lord, just sitting with the Lord and trying to really hear his heart. And I always ask him this one question, Father, what's your heart for these people tonight? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a formula. It's not the same thing we do every time. He has something new and fresh. And I really want to tap into that and partner with him in that. I don't have no desire at this point to go do what I think is best or what the coolest, neatest song is out there. I just really want to know, God, what is your heart? And sometimes he'll just give me a word like Mm. mercy. I want you to pray for mercy tonight. I I want to see healing happen tonight. I mean, and maybe it may not even be that. It may just be just open up your mouth and I'm going to fill it. Mm. You know, I just want to get the instruction and direction from him. Mm -hmm. You know, but the first and foremost for me is to be filled up. Sometimes that is I got to deal with the own junk in my my own junk in my own heart, you know, because I really believe that everything flows from the heart. And so if I'm not guarding my heart, you know, that the word says in Proverbs that 
that the well spring flows from that. Yes. You know what I mean? That if I'm not dealing with the unforgiveness or the offense mm. or even the disappointment where I thought it was going to happen this way and it didn't, you know, that gunks you up and it affects the way God can flow through you, mm-hmm. you know? And and so for me, it's even it even looks like that in my own personal time. Like mm-hmm. I'll just sit down and begin to journal or pray or just sit and worship quietly, you know, and just listen for his voice because we're so busy all the time, yeah. you know? And we're asking him for things, but many times just stilling ourselves and listening for the still small voice of, you know, I love you, daughter. Yes. You know, we need that too to just, I, I, I love you, daughter, yes. you know, to be reaffirmed because again, you're going to give out what's been put in you, mm-hmm. you know? That's so good. So, yeah. Have you ever hit dry spots? Oh, yeah. And what what do you do? I have hit dry spots. I don't like them. No. <laughs> I don't like them no. at all uh, because I love to, to feel and connect the mm. presence of the Lord. But I always... The word is alive and it's active when I'm not alive. Mm-hmm. And I, that's always my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I had a moment when my husband and I had our second child and um, we moved to plant a church in Texas. And I left Tennessee and I remember my OBGYN asking if I you know, needed any kind of medication for postpartum. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh no, I did great with my first one. I'm going to be good. This was just two years later. Well, I hit that moment mm-hmm. and, um, it was incredible depression and mm-hmm. hopelessness could not even get out of bed. And I'm a 4am, 5am kind of go, go, go person mm-hmm. in the morning. I love the mornings. Um, and I remember calling a, a spiritual dad and just saying, I can't get out of this and I don't know what to do. And uh, I said, I, I don't know if I need to go get some medicine or something. And he he's a, such a dad. He's a pastor. But he said, Rhea, don't be religious. He goes, if you need the medicine, take it. What I know about you is you'll never stay on anything longer than you have to, <laughs> you know. And so it, that kind of freed that part, mm-hmm. you know. But then I, I, I felt like I need to ask the Lord. And he said, but ask God, you know, what you need to do. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I don't want you to take the medicine. I want you to take my word three times a day like medicine. Wow. And for a solid year of my life, I read Philippians four, mm-hmm. whatever's good today, whatever's lovely mm-hmm. today, whatever's a good report. And I saw myself literally this picture of me going from barely nose above water to little by little, my head was above. Then I was a little bit out, a little bit out, a little bit more till finally I was up on the bank again. Wow. I have had the word save my life, mm. literally save my life. And so for me, that's what moves me out of dry places mm-hmm. because even when I feel like I can't hear or I may not feel, I always go to the word because it's alive. It is alive. when I don't feel alive. Wow. Wow. That yeah. is beautiful. Wow. As a worship leader, describe the difference between true worship versus performance driven worship from mm-hmm. the platform. And the reason I'm asking, I mean, it seems obvious, yeah, but it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think. And I think, you know, take, for example, if you have a church that, you know, we hear the expressions, you know, seeker friendly and blah, 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 whatever. But let's just say you have a church where, you know, you have somebody new to church experience even coming mm-hmm. in and they don't have the roots or the standard to measure against or whatever. It, they don't know what they don't know, sure. right? So they 
don't know the difference. Yeah. You know, so how would you explain the difference? I, I believe it's a heart posture. Yeah. Honestly, it's a heart posture. And and some of it is you do know and some of it is you don't know. You know, but that heart posture, even if it's say it's the scenario of I don't know, you know, I don't know what this is, but I know there's got to be more, you know, for me, I always just begin as a child because Jesus just simply said, come as a child. Mm -hmm. I, I want to stay in that place. As my dad used to say, of never getting too big for your britches mm -hmm. to where there always is that need and dependency on the Lord. But to simply ask like I would my dad, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me? Can you show mm -hmm. me? Would you send me mentors? You know, Every time I've asked God to do that, He always does. And sometimes it's even through podcasts or through teachings. Mm -hmm. I've had people, you know, be spiritual mentors to me that don't even know my name, that I'm just listening to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or where I see God pouring out a river, you know what I mean? Or, or there's an outpouring happening. I will just watch that over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. because you are drawn to what's in you if right. it's in you you're drawn to it and i was just having this conversation with a worship leader the other day in the body of christ we got to stop being jealous of one another yes and say i love what's in them and i don't want what's in them but i'm drawn to it and so god would you raise that up in me i don't want their gift i just want you to sharpen what's in me or give me more usually it's a cry for more but we usually get jealous and want to kind of put that person in a small box instead of rejoicing in that and say, man, I'm drawn to what's in them for a reason. Let me learn from them. Let mm. me glean from them. Let that iron sharpen my iron. Gosh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? And what's the result of that? Well, the result of it is exponential growth in yes. your own life in a healthy body of Christ. Yeah. And again, you're going to raise up more people like that. Right. If you're If you're raising up people that are you know, performance driven, well, then that's what's going to keep on growing and filtering. And I usually think performance driven, honestly, what I've seen in my 25 years of, of doing worship ministry, if you would say doing it or being a part of it, is it's usually fear of man. Mm -hmm. Fear of failure, fear of man are usually the two drivers um, of just perfection and it's got to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, my program needs to be better than yours. I don't know. There's all kind of yucky out there you mm -hmm. know what i mean um but again i believe at the heart of that if we could cut that away is really somebody who wants to encounter jesus yes you know what i mean I who do. really wants to know him truly but maybe their mentor or maybe they had pressure put on them in some way that you've got to you know produce this great program instead of lead people into the presence of yes. God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and don't you find, and I talk about this a lot in women's ministry, sure. because, you know, ministries can be as competitive, oh, yeah. you know, as things in the world. And it's, if we could get a hold of the fact, you know, rather than yeah. trying to, you know, we can only hold what we grip. Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's, is if we're gripping onto something, mm -hmm. you can't fit anything else into that. Yeah. But when we release people mm -hmm. to to walk in what God has called them to do and what you said, celebrate them oh, yeah. and, and and be drawn to them and pray like you said. It's like what he replaces that with. It's like he will send back a hundredfold oh, for yeah. what you've released. Oh, yeah. And so I've joked and said, you know, all of you that are, you know, trying to grow your ministry, the the key to growing your ministry is to release your ministry. You got it. You know, let it go. Yep. Um, so I love 
you know, and that's that's so beautiful because I think it is so competitive and there is jealousy. And it's just, I think it's not the, what you said, not having the right heart, heart posture and knowing who you are right. to him, right. you know, that you're having to get the approval right. of somebody else. And it's really not the heart of the kingdom. It's you not. know what I mean? The heart of the kingdom is exponentially growing sons and daughters. Yeah. And so that's the greatest joy for me is to see people raised up and running and who God's called them to be. Yeah. Because it is a testimony too of what how God used you in their life. But right. but yet I'm not holding on to them like they don't belong to me. He just entrusted them to me for a reason or a season. That's right. That's you so know? good. And there's no limit. That's right. There's no limit to the growth of that. It That's is it. exponential. Exactly. I mean, it's it's such an upside down way yeah. for us to think if we don't get a hold of <laughs> yeah. that. What are some of the dangers of performance-driven worship? For me personally, I think the greatest uh the thing that's the most sobering is what you replicate in others. Mm. And I, I feel that more than anything is who are we raising up? What are we really putting into this next generation? Yeah. You know, and will they be able to sustain and persevere because it requires that it requires perseverance and endurance even at times will they be able to sustain that with performance and perfection and the answer is no mm -hmm. they can't you know the only thing that they'll way they'll be able to sustain is with relationship and encounter with the lord and and being able to I believe even expand the capacity of what they can carry, mm. you know, allowing God to grow that in them is, is what will sustain them for years to come, you know, to where there's not burnout or I want to quit or I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, which we see happening in the church, you know, pastors and worship leaders are leaving in the droves, yeah. you know, and it often makes me wonder, you know, was anybody in you know speaking into them or encouraging them or you know were, were they able to have time with the lord yeah you know because again we get so busy in the doing mm. for god that we forget our first best destiny is sitting at his feet like yes. mary bethany and i've heard i've heard people say before you know some streams that i've listened to before i hop and even at bethel you know i want to live a mary of bethany life mm -hmm. to where i literally give my life to just sit at the feet of jesus yeah well and i've i've done a sermon called jesus said leave her alone and it's all about that and yeah. one of the things that i when in studying that that occurred to me done i've been doing this a while but it was like a light bulb moment is you know when yeah. you're in that position, and when you're pouring all of that out at Jesus' feet, it's impossible to sit at His feet and be jealous at the same time. Yes. It's impossible to sit at His feet yeah. and um, even hear people talking about you at right. the same time, or to gossip about anybody at the same That's time, right. you know, uh, or to compete with anybody mm -hmm. at the same time. So that is absolutely the key. Something that you made me think of just now, two things, actually. I hope I can remember them. The first one, though, is I know that your husband uh, was very active or involved, uh, participated a lot in the the um, outpouring that mm -hmm. happened at Lee University, you know, yeah. right following the Asbury revival. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what was really telling to our country yeah. and our world, really, is that in these outpourings that happened, um, that there were no recognizable names mm -hmm. 
speaking or worship leading worship and in fact even i heard news reports that some bigger name worship leaders uh contacted Asbury to say, hey, here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, let me come and do this thing. And the answer was no. Mm -hmm. What do you think the Lord was showing us during that experience? And did we get it? (laughs) I believe the Lord was showing us that it's not going to be through a man or a person, Mm -hmm. that it's going to be Him. And it was the most pure, unadulterated worship that I have ever experienced before. Mm. Probably it, it really sent me back to some of my college days, you know, of just hundreds of us sitting in the presence of God and, and, and nothing, there was no agenda. There was no, you know, one person leading the way. It was just a concerted effort of hunger and crying out to God. And it was the most beautiful thing. There was, it was messy. Which mm-hmm. I love, love you know, it. because that's part of growing. There is no growth without mess, and I think we've we've we tried we presented a model to this generation that they're really rejecting, honestly, yeah. of this perfected form of worship. But you don't see that anywhere with Jesus. You don't see that in Scripture in any way of mm-hmm. a perfected form. I mean, all the people that he was encountering were messy or messed up, or you know, there was it was it was an imperfect situation. You know, uh, even the disciples, and and so I love that. He presented that, and that's the way these students were. It, there was no music. They would one would randomly sing. Twenty minutes later, somebody else would randomly sing. Uh, somebody would pray. I mean, it, it just it was so spontaneous. But the potency and the power mm. was unbelievable. And I really believe it was the purity too, the mm-hmm. purity of heart, and not one person was striving or after, you know, attention or I'm trying to make this about me. None of those students were on their social media trying to make it about them. It was just, you know, pretty much like the woman at the well. Hey, yeah. comes, let me show you a man. Yeah, let me show you a man. You yeah. know, let's point everybody back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what continue to stoke that fire Mm, so beautiful yeah if you had an opportunity right now to speak to worship leaders all over the country based on what you've seen so far uh what you're seeing today and even that experience Mm -hmm. what words of wisdom would you give them to model and walk the best you can, the way Jesus modeled and walked mm-hmm. in Philippians 2, that he emptied, he lowered, he made of himself no reputation. And God is the one that exalts in his time. And if he doesn't, great, as long as he's exalted. Mm-hmm. You know, the second part would be stay hungry, never be satisfied, always be in pursuit of Jesus personally, and it will translate corporately. Mm. There's no way you can encounter the man Jesus and not want to tell everybody, come let me tell you and let me show you of a man who told me everything I'd ever done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. There's such a drive with, I mean, people in ministry and especially in worship leaders' positions to promote, 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 Mm -hmm. promote, you know, and even the fear of if they, if I don't do that, then they're going to forget about me. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll get some, you know, is that not living an orphan, like with an orphan spirit or an orphan mentality? Yeah. Like what advice would you give to the person who's so driven by Mm -hmm. promote, promote, promote? I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen you promote 
yeah. or anything promoted, but yet you're, you've got a full calendar. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, honestly, I had to just settle that issue within my own self that you're the writer of my story, Lord. Yeah. And I'm either going to trust you or I'm not. This God and this Jesus that I proclaim, I'm a pretty much a do or die person. You're either real or you're not. And I'm going to see you be real or, or let's go to McDonald's. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. I don't even eat McDonald's, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. like let's, this is going to be real or it's not, you know? And so I, I, I believe for me, that's what we have to really trust the Lord, you know, in it, it is the upside down kingdom. You yeah. know, when I become less, he becomes more. You know what I mean? When I empty, he raises up. I mean, when, when we choose to do it his way, he can do far greater mm. and far faster than we ever could trying and striving and and clamoring to do it on our own. Yeah. Truly. God doesn't need our help. He doesn't. He's the he is the God of the universe. <laughs> he doesn't need us. We get to participate with him. But it never will come through pride or us trying to strive and do it. I, I believe sometimes he'll let us do it on our own till we wear out. Yeah. Till we exhaust ourselves and then finally say, "Okay, I'm ready to do it your way." Yeah. You know, right. and I come from a long line of drivers and perfectionists and people that just, you know, push, 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 push and have been involved in millions of things, you know, yep. and the Lord was just like, yeah, that's not going to be the way I want you to do it. I don't want your course to be that way, but it's going to take trust. And even sometimes it doesn't look like what I think and having to even deal with the disappointment of that, you know, because we ask God for things, but many times we ask him with how we think he's going to do it in our mind. Mm -hmm, right. And then he just doesn't do it that way. Right. You know what I mean? And so I have an intercessor even in my life right now. I, I believe in intercessors and people to cover and pray and pray with you. But I have one right now that constantly tells me to this day, Re, you must surrender more. You mm. must surrender more. You must yield more. And I, I, I stop and say, yes, Holy Spirit, every time. I listen because I know that's right. I must yield more. And the more I can yield, the greater the capacity I can contain and carry His presence. Yeah. But the less I yield, the less of Him I can really, because He's not going to push Himself on me. No. Only when I make space. You know, not only do we got to make space in our services, we got to make space in ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? In our own hearts, in our own ambition, yes. in our own pursuits, we got to make space for Him. And sometimes that means letting go of our agenda and our way of doing it and even how everybody else is doing it and what seems to be getting them success and notoriety. Yeah. Really. That, that is so good. That is so good. And we can't make enough space. Mm -mm. I mean, we never get to a place, I don't think, of... Yeah. Okay, I've, I'm there and I've made enough space. Yeah. I mean, and it's also this whole idea of surrender, which is what we're talking yes. about here, of staying in and living a life of surrender. Yeah. Um, that's not a one-time deal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a place we need to live. Yeah. You know, live in that place. Yeah, um, absolutely. That That is so good. Tell us about your own personal worship, not in preparation for leading, but mm -hmm. your own yeah. Personal worship, if you can. Yeah. Well, actually, over the summer of last year, I was in Nicaragua on a missions trip, and um, I was reading in Revelation where Jesus was saying, you know, I have this against this particular church, and it was, you've left your first love. And the Lord just began to remind me of um, me being newly married and um, 
uh, which now this year will be 25 years. So it was 25 years ago. And I would get up earlier in the morning and I was so diligent to exercise, you know. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and saying, I want you to have that much zeal and that much drive to be with me in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I just covenanted with God that I'm not going to do anything else until I'm with you. Like you are my first love. I want that to be not only a statement to me, but a statement to you that you're going to hold this place in my heart. You know, I'm not going to give it to anybody else. And God reminded me of that last summer, even just how time and life and raising children and ministry will pull at that. And the Lord was like, I want you to return to your first love. Mm. And so even just over this last year has just been such an incredible journey of rediscovering him anew and afresh. I'd spend time with the Lord over those years, but it was giving him that first place, Mm. you know, and deciding in my time, which is what I can control, that I want you above it all. And so that right there has been another game changer. Mm. And I just love that in his kindness, he keeps bringing us back to those places because he knows our heart and he knows we want him. You know what I mean? But things can crowd in and try to push that out. And so for me, I was so grateful for that. And Mm. it's been a beautiful journey of just... I look forward to it. I don't matter. I can come in from Sundays after long days and, and I'm excited about Monday getting up at five or six in the morning, just even though I'm tired, he's so faithful to meet me. There's never been a moment that I haven't made an effort that he doesn't show up and just come to that moment, you know, and I am just in love. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, like a new love and it's, Mm -hmm. it's fresh again. But the cool thing is, is he'll keep doing that. It, it never has to stop till we breathe our last breath. You know? Well, I'm looking at you and, you know, unfortunately the listeners can't see us right now, yeah. but when I look at your eyes, you look like somebody who is just, um, what's that yeah. word? Besa- um, besotted, besotten. <laughs> I, I can't think of my words, I know what you but, mean. <laughs> but just like yeah. almost yeah. a puppy love, yeah. you know, first love kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you're a busy woman. You are yeah. getting your doctorate. Mm-hmm. You are driving to lead worship. You're doing yeah. events everywhere. So talk to the person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm looking at somebody who should look tired and yeah. should look worn down, but I'm looking at someone who is clearly in love, madly yeah. in love. <laughs> so the person who is weary with life mm-hmm. and a busy lifestyle maybe it's the mom of young mm-hmm. kids or it's the mom of teenagers or it's uh the woman who is maybe in a marriage that her husband is not the spiritual leader of her home or um husband and wife killing themselves with their jobs what do you say to people about how to live a lifestyle of worship they may say well that sounds really easy you know but i have all this but you mm-hmm. have Two kids and yeah. the whole thing. So what's what what advice can you give them? I would say just begin to set your your compass in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, baby steps, just small little simple steps. You know, when my children were little, I would I, I would just take moments while I was folding their laundry, you know, to just talk to the Lord mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, in the car line, I, I would just have little scriptures on cards or any just little way I could. And it wasn't massive moments. It was just small little moments along the way of just, I just want to say, I love you. And if even God, if it's just 
while I'm waiting in this car rider line for 10 minutes, you know, I just want to take some little minute where I'm not being pulled at and I can kind of get quiet for a second. Sometimes it seems silly, but I would make my bathroom my sanctuary and I would like lock myself on the potty and just (laughs) be like, nobody can get to me. (laughs) And like, God, this is my little sanctuary. Would you meet me here? Yeah. And he would every time. Like, if that's all I could, it's not the amount, it's the willingness, it's the, I'm going to come even if for five minutes. Yeah. And that's really the way I, I began when my children were so little and even when they were bigger and even as teenagers running them all over the place, you know, just if I'm, if I get a minute, Lord, I promise it's going to be yours. And I would just in the most unsuspecting ways. And people would say, you do that in the bathroom. Well, why not? He's everywhere. You know what I mean? So why can't he meet me in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Well, he can, you know what I mean? And so that's, I think it's not as, as huge as we think it is really. I think it's, we can find him in the small moments. And I mean, even the word says, even creation is testifying about him. So (laughs) Sometimes it'd even be, I'm driving down the road and man, I see you in that cloud today. You know what I mean? I see you in that flower. Just, are we just looking for him? You know what I mean? Are we, and and worship is not just, I've got a music on or I'm just in a church service. Worship is everything we do. You know what I mean? So if I'm thanking him for that flower today, that's worship. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If I'm doing laundry as unto him, it can be, anything can become worship. Anything. Really. I've had some of the most powerful worship experiences encounters in my car exactly um as i have anywhere else and again i i she's my hero i go back to mary bethany yet again and she wasn't just pouring out praise and worship and song and you know exalting him she was pouring out disappointment yeah she was pouring out frustration she was pouring out devastation over um in one moment where she threw herself at his knee at his feet when it looked like lazarus was not going to be coming back so that's even worship it's pouring out everything i think that we have in us and i love you know just that practicality Mm -hmm. of you know if you have to walk out into your backyard for a couple of minutes and if you look for him, you're going to find That's him wherever it. you look. Yeah. I love that. What are the results of true, authentic worship individually, number mm-hmm. one, and then corporately in the church? What are the results of true, authentic worship? For me, it is a connection with the Lord that is the most valuable thing to me above all. I, I, I feel like Moses and I pray it daily if you don't go mm-hmm. i don't want to go mm-hmm. that constant and continual encounter with the lord is what i want i don't i don't want to call myself a christian but not be known and know him you know to me it's to be known by him and to know him and i, I believe we can stay in that place and so living that life of authentic worship and again that doesn't always look perfectly packaged and it's not always the goosebumps moment sometimes it's crying out you know on on my face on the floor god i repent you know what i mean i have blown it or i have screwed up i mean it's it's being real with him authentic worship is not just connection but it's it's letting him know us in the most intimate way and that even means all the things we don't want him to know mm-hmm. you know but it's what you said he's trustworthy enough that we can give it to him you know what i mean and i think many times he's waiting on that like yes. just give me this it's gonna be so much 
much better. Finally, on the other side, <laughs> right. yes, your your heart's going to feel so much freer, and you're not going to be being crushed under a load you were never meant to carry. Right. right? Yes, exactly. And I love that. So individually, it's it's what Jesus said. It really is that life of more abundantly. I've come that you would have life and that more abundantly. Mm. That's what I believe authentic worship gives us is abundant living. It's not a perfect life, but I do feel like a wellspring is in me Mm -hmm. and it's always flowing. And I want to stay that way. I don't want to be a dried up cistern. You know what I mean? I want to be a free flowing well because it not only impacts me, but it's also a place other people can come drink. Mm you know, from the fountain. And that's what I'm after is that I think corporately it it stirs hunger in others. It's contagious. It's infectious. You can't be around hunger too long that you don't get ticked off and irritated and want to leave or you don't say, I want that. That's right. You know what I mean? There's no really that's in between right. there is none. with a that's hungry right. person. And usually it will call out. If not, if they leave, then they're not going to forget about mm-hmm. it. At some point, God will bring them back to that moment of, Hey, there is more for you over here. You don't have to just keep eating crumbs. I really have a table prepared for you, Mm. you know? And so I think that's the beauty and the benefit corporately is it's infectious and it, it, it spreads to other people. You know, Mm -hmm. we, I think we give off way too much of the negative. You know what I mean? We, we give too much of that off instead of the great things that God has afforded to give us, you know, because you're going to spill out what's in you. It's going to spill out on other people, yes. you know? And so if you're, you're filled up with Jesus, then you're going to spill that out, yeah. you know? And so, but it's not going to come through, you know, I always say that all the time. Sundays are just vitamins. Yes. It's just supplements, yes. you know, and I've heard people say that all my own, you know, my entire church life, my whole life, you know, well, I'm just not getting fed here, which my response is go eat. <laughs> go eat quit waiting on a pastor to yes. to fill you up yes. you're supposed to get that from that's the only so one good. that can fill you up yeah. he's just there to give you a vitamin c or something yeah. an extra boost that's a lot of pressure on a pastor oh, is it and not worship pastors yes yes, yes. you know yeah to, to maintain someone's spiritual depth yeah it's up to them yeah to go and eat and be fueled by sitting in the presence of god themselves yeah. we can stir the hunger i can stir hunger in people all day long but you can't force a sheep's mouth open and shove the food down it. that's right nobody can that's right you know and it's like going from when, when it's done like that it's from one emotional experience to exactly. another and waiting till the next sunday right. and you know we all have those 2 a.m times in the morning where we get the bad news or the enemy's talking Mm -hmm. and we're going to need to be able to get to Jesus feet by ourselves. Yeah. I am going to put you on the spot as we close. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to a ask if you have any parting thoughts that you would, you know, we have listeners probably that are in worship ministry. We have those that are just worshipers. We have some that are unchurched. I mean, we have a whole population of of people listening. We've pastors. A, do you have any last minute thoughts or wisdom or pleas or Mm -hmm. prayer for those people? And then actually, Rather than even having you do a full-on prayer, mm-hmm. whatever you feel led, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you to sing us a little something as we close. <laughs> and I didn't ask you to, yeah. and I'm, I don't mind putting you on the spot, though, yeah. because it's it's in you. But I want to say this to our listeners before you do that, because we'll close out with that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I want to ask you if people wanted to, and I know you're busy, but if if people did want to reach out to you mm-hmm. for, you know, coming to lead worship or to come to their things, how, what's the best way for them to find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, okay. and it's actually Buck and Rhea Marshall okay. um, on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram, um, and then just my email, okay. Rhea, Rhea Marshall at New Hope forever.com um and i just respond i I love people i mean so there's no nobody to get through before me you know it's just me um but yeah i i I just love to be in the presence of god with god's people you know so that's really my heart um and that information will be on this we'll have that in right so that it'll be easy to get to and when when and i i just you know want to say you know i think about that scripture when um uh, well, Jacob had two experiences, you know, where he saw the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. two, you know, there was one yeah. at Bethel mm-hmm. and one at Peniel. Yeah. But when he kind of came up from the vision or the dream that he mm-hmm. had, and he said, surely the Lord is in mm-hmm. this place. Yeah. And I often say, you know, my prayer is that in any place that I minister, that when people walk away, they will be able yes. to say that surely the Lord is in this place. But I also equally pray that when they've left me, mm. that they will say, surely yeah. she has been in the Lord's presence. And I just want to say to you, mm. and I want to say to our listeners, yeah. every single time I've ever mm. sat down with you, that mm. is how I feel. Yeah. So you are mm. you are the real deal. You are the Mary of Bethany, and it's so evident mm. and shines through. And I am just humbled that you would take the time and come and speak this. I think it's a huge topic that um, if we could get a hold of what that is, if we as a people could get a hold of that, our enemy would run as fast Mm -hmm. as he could. There would be people healed and restored, and we would know who we are in Jesus because our eyes are completely fixed on him. And so I thank you for being a part of the authentic the authentic, true worshipers yeah. that are out there. Yeah. So, what you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say to any you worshipers, can. just to stay in that place mm-hmm. of just seeking the Lord, you know, um, sitting at His feet, let living the Word, but also pouring the Word in to your own life, that the Word, it gives life. And even even in choosing songs, this is something the Lord's been really stirring in my heart lately about even choosing songs that point people to Jesus mm-hmm. because there's no way to the Father but Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so much even of what people are getting their theology from are the songs we're singing. And so, but we have to know the Word to be able to know how to even choose, you know, songs that are filled with the word or that point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to encourage people in that to point people to Jesus because there's no way to the father except through him. That's right. Let it be about Jesus. Let it be about Jesus all the days of your life. Mm -hmm. I've said, I want this written on my tombstone. She believed there was more dot, dot, dot. And there was, Mm. Mm. you'll find him faithful because there is more. There's so much more. Mm. So, I'm just going to sing that song, Show Me Your Face, Yes. Moses stood on a mountain Waiting for you to pass by 
You put your hand over his face So in your presence he wouldn't die And all of Israel saw the glory And it shines down through the age Now you've called us to boldly seek your face Show me your face, Lord Show me your face And then gird up my legs That I might stand in this holy place Show me your face, Lord Your power and grace I will make it to the end If I can just see your face. Mm. Amen.